Yo, this is your boy Jaden, and welcome to my podcast. I am X. So let's do this. back again this is Jaden and I am X I know this because well he's me you're listening to episode 2.2 we're moving right along this isn't taking very long to get through these numbers now is it um, if I sound any different to you guys it's because I went out and invested in the show and now I got a little bit better microphone and uh, among other things so hopefully you guys see the difference and you can hear me as if I'm standing right in front of you ready to slap the shit out of you <laughs> Anyway, um, we're not going to have any interviews today. Uh, this is going to just be a review episode, so to speak. Also, I wanted to re- uh, respond to a few comments and requests that have taken place in the world of e-fitting. Before I begin, I need to make a clear announcement that this show is sponsored by the EWC, the Extreme World, Extreme Wrestling Corporation. Sorry, um, you figure I'd know the name of my own sponsor wouldn't I and that being said I tend to use that company quite often when I talk about examples of situations when I'm kind of musing and going over it in my mind and I think that probably isn't fair Um, after a little bit of thought I realized that I might be painting them in the wrong picture and making them out to be less than a great fit so let me just be clear when I say that when I have given examples things that I've encountered in the in the hobby I do not have any specific fed in my head unless I clearly state that this happened there um, and if I use EWC as an example well let me be clear also as well that 99% of the things I talk about have happened in every fed I've been a part of so if you're listening to the show and you can relate to anything that I've said it's probably because it's happened in your fed too the staff of the EWC are great. I have no issues with them. And the Fed head, President Mack, Danny Mack, is a longtime friend of mine. And while we don't always see eye to eye, I've said that a few times, I have nothing but respect for the man. And that's kind of where it ends. I am no longer an active member of their roster. I am no longer an active member of their Fed. I am a friend of the Fed, just like I'm a friend to many other uh, Feds. And with that power comes a great degree of responsibility and it's my responsibility to be honest with you when i do my podcasts to give you the honest feelings that i have or the honest views anyway my opinions that i've come up with from my point of view i will not let another fed or fed head tell me to say things differently or to lie about anything i've seen but at the same time there's no reason for me to go out of my way to make any fed look bad and if i've come across as that then it's purely unintentional and uh you please accept my apology that being said we're going to move on now we've uh that's all i want to say on the matter um so anyway let's get right into it okay 
Today I want to talk about and continue talking about uh, a couple episodes ago I talked about toxicity in the in feds and I kind of touched on it with people who are have like a you know any sort of writing situation where they they're just having a hard time writing or maybe uh, spelling or you know there's a lot of dyslexia you know a lot of reasons why writing could be difficult for many people and we touched on that but what we didn't touch on is the ugly duck in the room something that i have quite a bit of experience with i was one of the reasons i retired i wouldn't say it was the reason i retired from the hobby um, not by a long shot it just didn't help my decision let me put it that way i was already contemplating retirement about a year before i announced it and um i i knew when i announced it that there was probably a good 80 percent chance i'd back out and keep on going because I love the the hobby, I love the Fed it's that I've been a part of, and I was, I know, and I love the EWC. I, I loved what I was doing. I was at the top of my game, and um, I was just feeling a little burned out. And now looking back, I realize that maybe I wasn't burned out on riding. I was burned out on the community, the whole community, not the EWC, but the entire community. See, I was very active on Twitter. I had a Twitter account. And when you've been doing this game as long as I have, you make a lot of friends, but you also make up a lot of enemies. You, you, you've run into a lot of people who you just can't please. And the only way you would have pleased them is to kiss their ass or lose to them. And unfortunately, that's not how the real works. So I was on Twitter just playing the game, just uh, trying to promote the Fed I was a part of, trying to uh, promote my RPs, you know. And I know, and I was really planning on retiring, but everything I posted on Twitter was met with just toxicity, which leads me to what I want to talk about today. First of all, I'm just going to go straightforward. Twitter could be, or could have been, an amazing tool, not just for eventing, but just to stay in touch with celebrities and movie stars, political figures, you name it. As far as eventing is concerned, it really elevated. The communication that a general manager or Fed head could have with the eFed community. eFedding is not as popular as it once was. When I first started in this hobby, um, man, you could lose 10 players in a day and gain just as many back. Nowadays, if you gain three new players a day, you're lucky. And out of those three, two of them are probably the same members that quit your Fed, you know, three months ago. We're recycling our, our riders now, and it's very rare that we come across a new rider. So Twitter was nice because you can blanket your information out to the entire community and get that information out to people who might be interested in joining you. We used to do stuff like that on a website known as GameFAQs, which is actually still going, but it's the e-vetting part of it's dead, so I wouldn't bother. So um, Twitter was great for that, and you could really like to keep delivering your story out to people who were no longer with the Fed. I had um, friends of mine that still wanted to follow Explode, still wanted to follow my storyline, and so I would keep in contact with them that way as well. It was also great at mending bridges. You know, you can send messages out to people who you didn't talk to anymore. Maybe there was a misunderstanding. This was a great communication tool. Like just, I want to go through the pros of it first before I smash it, and I'm going to smash it. Don't get me wrong, but I'm only going to smash it because. It doesn't help the hobby as much as it benefits it. 
so getting back on the pros, I feel that it really enabled us to extend our arms outside of our EFED wall and get out there. When I um when the EWC had closed down because some douchebag hacked the website, thought I was he was cool, you know, and and screwed up the entire website and whatnot. I remember um, someone had put out a uh, I not remember what it was. It was like a, a, a web page about Danny Mac or why you know he was lying and whatnot. And I can assure you he wasn't lying. That was a bullshit ass website. And um, to the person who posted it, you know, you're I'm not going to trash you because I feel like you're you have a right to your opinion. So I bet you thought I was going to rip on you, didn't you? Um, no, I'm not going to trash you. You have a right to your opinion. I just think that you should have stated it more as an opinion than you did, but you did, you were clear in the title. You said, this is why I feel that blah, 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 blah. We're not going to get into details. I'm not going to promote your, your thing. And I'm definitely not going to put the link to the page there because I'm not going to promote it. Danny's a friend of mine. And this is as much as I'm going to, this is as much publicity as I'm going to give you. I'm even stuttering over my words. It's been a long day. So that being said, it was during that time EWC had closed down and I was able to talk to Danny about, you know, fedding in general. And he mentioned to me that he was thinking about reopening the fed. You know, it was just me and him talking. There was no GMs, none of the things you see today. It was all closed down. And for all intents and purposes, the site was done. It had been compromised. So I remember the two of us was talking it over and, uh, I just started thinking, you know, I had that itch to ride again. I had come from the Universal Wrestling League and joined the EWC right before it had closed down, and I became the number one contender for the the Brawl World Heavyweight Championship. And then the place closed down right before I got my title shot. I mean, I'm talking right before my title shot. So I was pretty hungry and pretty pissed, to be honest. So I talked to him, and I was thinking, yeah, you know, you should reopen it. Don't let some schmuck, you know, turn the game upside down for you. Just a huge future in the Fed. And, you know, Danny probably has his own side of the story to this, but in my opinion, I don't know if he was really strong on a reopening again, and, and rightfully so. I think that he was feeling like, you know, he had been compromised, not just as a yeah, Fed head, but on a personal level. I would have been pissed. I probably would have re- re- retaliated in some sort of way. And he, whatever he did, I'm not sure. That's for him to tell. That's his story to tell, not mine. But the bottom line is he's a, pretty um professional guy so however he responded probably was you know more appropriate than i would have so the two of us were talking and i said you know you should really really give it another shot the ewc was on the verge of something big it had been around a long time way before me and um well way before i had joined it i should say and uh there was a lot of great history there and at the very at the very least restart it with all new history so that was kind of the game plan. We talked for a bit, and I think, in my opinion, I kind of talked him into reopening it. So um, that's why I usually say that I, I've been here before most of the GMs and whatnot, because I, I think that that conversation that Danny and I had was the, the beginning of it all for the second phase at EWC. So in that regard, I tend to demand a little more respect than a normal member. I come across as a prick. Sometimes because of that, and I don't feel sorry for it. I feel like I'm owed that. <laughs> so anyway, um, he reopened it, and I thought that I was going to uh, come back as a competitor and finish that title run. But 
I knew at that point that my services, my energy, and what I could bring to the table to help the Fed would have been better served as a general manager or vice president, actually. I was the vice president of the EWC. And uh, that's what I did. I put aside my personal goals of finishing what I had started. And I, for all intents and purposes, I didn't actually have uh, an intention of coming back as a writer ever again. I thought this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to help Danny build something great. And the competitor inside of me was saying, build something better than what it was before. So the two of us set out to uh, create storylines that focused on the roster in its entirety. Uh, we built storylines that, you know, we had one person that was, a, well, actually it was Explode, who was assembling this evil army and the half the roster was on his team and the other half wasn't on his team. Think like the NWO type situation. And we really just turned that fed upside down. It was glorious. Everybody was involved in the storyline. There wasn't a person in the game that wasn't involved in the storyline. It was such a great time to be part of the Fed. In my opinion, that was where the EWC finally hit the top. We were rocking. We were rocking. But the thing is, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Any kind of publicity, bad or good, is still publicity. If you're going to reach the top, every person that holds their hands up to lift you to get to the top is equalized by how many people are pulling on your legs to pull you back down. So along the way, you know, when we had people join that weren't happy with the results that they got or weren't happy with what how it was turning out for them in general. I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to air them out on here. Not because I'm afraid of them, but because I feel like I want to practice what I preach. I shouldn't be trashing somebody without them having the opportunity to defend themselves. So we're just going to say people, okay? Anyway, um, those Fed members moved on. But, you know, e-fedding in general attracts not just great riders. It also attracts people who have mental disabilities, attracts people who are going through serious depression. It attracts people who aren't the maturest in the world. Some of them have no life. They're living in their mom's basement. And they're seriously just spinning their wheels and unhappy with the world. And they just want to watch it burn. So once they're unhappy with a situation, they get destructive. So this is what happened. And uh, Danny will tell you, I'm sure he'll back me up and say that these people went beyond the call to try and destroy everything we had created together. And uh, I just wasn't going to have it. I can't tell you how many times I did battle with them on Twitter, back and forth, back and forth. I mean, and it didn't stop what we were doing in the Fed. The Fed was rocking, man. I mean, at this point, we had really come together. It was That, world, that whole roster storyline was amazing. And um, we uh, were able to crown our new champions since we uh, reopened. And it was just a good time, really good time. Those uh, evil voices, we'll call them never went away they continued to harass us some of them joined a rival fed that i won't name the name but we all know who the biggest mouth that's toxic on twitter is so i won't need to they all got together and that's the worst thing you can have happen in truth you know you got the justice league we'll say and who is the counter of the justice league well it's the league of supervillains, right you know you don't want your silver your supervillains getting together and forming a team against you but that's literally what the, what happened um, they all banded together with their hate because they did not 
they were angry at their core, in my opinion, because they weren't a part of what we were doing. We weren't letting them affect us. And so they wanted to tear it down. They didn't want anybody to have fun because they weren't having fun. They tore it down. They attacked Danny on a personal level, said some pretty crummy shit about him. And a lot of our members banded together because EWC has always had a really good community. And we all banded together to defend him. Me louder than the rest. Um, I tended to go a little overboard in defending him because I don't think Danny defends himself. So that's kind of where that's at. Kind of why I think so many people say I get away with saying things in Discord or on the boards. Why I get away with shit is because Danny knows me and I kind of earned that respect, I feel. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but that's how I feel. I feel like maybe I earned that because when the chips were down and the world was attacking him, it wasn't an EFED thing. It was like the community was attacking him. I'm the guy that stood in front of him and defended him. And I'd do it over again to this day. So what that did, though, is I had a pretty good reputation in the, in the, in the hobby. I knew everybody that wasn't no, I knew. And it kind of drug me through the mud a little bit. But and I got pretty upset about it. I gotta admit, it kind of really soured me out on the hobby. It burned me out, and Twitter just destroyed my my attitude. It destroyed my outlook on things. It really just killed my need to want to be in the game. Also, during that time, I was going through some personal stuff. Um, I can name one of them because I really don't want to get into that stuff anymore. I learned my lesson about airing my personal laundry out. Uh, those crazy people that I just talked to you about—that's the how they come after you. They use your personal information against you. So that being said, uh, I was involved in the California wildfires my, during the first go-round, the Kincaid fire, so to speak. And uh, my house was burned down. And I was in the house when it happened. Uh, I was under the influence, and I was saved, luckily. Um, but I received a lot of damage. I still to this day have scarring on my outside of my right leg and my arm. Um, but my tattoos, my sleeves cover most of the scarring on my arm. And unfortunately, my, my leg, I don't have any tats. So it is what it is, but I'm Italian, which makes me beautiful. So it doesn't fucking matter. <laughs> anyway, uh, my house completely burned down. It put me in a wheelchair. I had I was paralyzed for a short time. And it was, you know, I say short because in the scheme of things, people are in a wheelchair way longer than I was with the same situation, but it felt like forever to me. But during that time, the, those assholes on Twitter decided to attack me and really just lay into me. I can't say it bothered me as much as they wanted it to, but it's still like if you add up all the toxicity that I had felt at that point, it was just too much and I couldn't do it anymore. So I didn't. I didn't do it anymore. And I announced that I was going to retire. But don't think that I just ran away from the crap because I didn't. I announced that I was going to retire in a year. So I wanted to still retire my way. I was already going to do it, but the toxicity just kind of pushed me to the final decision. So I still stuck around for a year. I still stuck my finger in their faces and said, I'm doing this my way and it has nothing to do with you. And I continued to fight that battle. I, I held true. I said I would retire at the end of the year, which I did. And I think that it was the greatest ending I could hope for. And ironically, all the, I say about, not all of them, but like 80% of the people who gave me shit on Twitter when I retired, they sent me private messages or public ones thanking me and wishing me well and respect. And it kind of like showed that maybe the hate that they were showing me was kind of like a kayfabe thing, you know, like 
Maybe it just was the thing, but in real truth, these people, real people who, once they put aside their sheep mentality, realize, you know, they, they had, there was still a level of respect there. Maybe the respect that I earned before all the EWC stuff, whatever the case may be, I still got it. And I'm grateful for that. They know who they are. Very grateful. So there are a few of them though, that continue to be my worst critic and they're quite psycho. And some of you tried to find out who I was in real life. You know, I, I met a couple of people who I asked to be on this podcast and they didn't want to do it because they were afraid of, you know, the crazies coming after them in real life um, or anything from uh, dragging their names through the mud to death threats. And that's really just really terrible. This is this, this toxicity is just it's amazing. It really is amazing. But there's nothing we'll ever be able to do about it. Personally, for me, when I retired. I deleted my Twitter account shortly after I did make another one for a time, but then I deleted that one too, because I realized it was just, it wasn't going to end. These people have way more time on their hands than I do. And they're going to keep the fight going. So I deleted my account and I don't want to ever make another one again. I thought about making one for this podcast to get it out there, but what's the point? I don't want them listening to it anyway. And if they do listen to it and you're listening now, Hey, you know what? If you're still carrying the hate, you're the only one carrying the hate because I don't hate you. I don't like you. I don't think about you. You don't even exist to me. So whatever time you're wasting your life hating on me, you're wasting it. Use it for something productive. So that being said, that's what I mean about toxicity in this. I wish we could all get along. I wish we could all just play this game like we used to where it was about wrestling and being a community. But unfortunately, that'll never happen. I don't feel. I mean, I wanted to, but I don't think it ever will. Recently, I w- became aware of a situation where in a Fed, no name of the Fed, I'm not talking about the name of the Fed or the people involved, one of uh, its members got on Discord and made some pretty shitty comments about another member who was new. We have a member in my circle that I talked to that is younger. Uh, he's just starting in the hobby. And his writing skills are absolutely amazing for how old he is. I mean, when I was that age, there's no way I could have written like he does. Anyway, this guy was great. And he brought it to a pay-per-view and really just dropped a, a gem of an RP. Well, one of the people in the match got on there and just discredited him. Just, just dismissed him. And, uh, if you're listening right now and you know who you are, that's straight up bullshit. And you need to earn learn some respect. Because honestly, his RP was as good as everybody's that was involved in that match. I think about the kid's age, how long he's been doing this. And I think about everybody else who's involved in that match. I mean, come on. He was on your level and he has not even a quarter of the experience you guys have. And that's how you're going to give it to him? You really want to just push him out of the hobby? That's fucking ridiculous. So you should be ashamed of yourself. You need to check yourself. And if you think running away is going to solve the problem, uh-uh. Man up. Make amends. That per- that kid knows that what you said about him. Reach out to him and make it right. Because until you do, as far as I'm concerned, you don't have my respect. And I don't care. I don't know if you care or not. And that's fine if you don't. If this if what I say doesn't matter, that's fine. But trust me, what I say carries on to many other people. So you might want to man up get more respect that way. So yeah, that happened. That's just another way of toxicity that I'm talking about. The toxicity is unnecessary 
drives good people away from this hobby, and we need them. We need we need these new riders. And he, this kid was new. We need more new riders. We need more new blood. Uh, we need GMs to push these new riders to promote them so they can get better to elevate them. And I think this could be a second golden age for the hobby if we take advantage of these situations. I mean, I said in the beginning, we, there really is no new riders anymore. You'll get three new members if you're lucky in three months, and two of them will be previously already in your Fed. And another one wasn't in your Fed, but he's been riding for a long time. So when you get a new rider, uh, cling to them and, and elevate them because you are e-fedding to them. So that's going to be the first half of my show. Um, this is toxicity. Uh, we're going to take a small break, and when we do, we're going to come back and we're going to review uh, the EWC's most recent pay-per-view entitled Youngblood. It's a pay-per-view where they only put in their stars who've been in the – and correct me if I'm wrong. I could be wrong, but they only put in the stars that have been in the Fed for a year or less. I think that's an amazing pay-per-view. What a cool idea to really promote the newest stars. You know, um, that doesn't happen. And really good idea. Whoever thought that up, get, you get a high five from me. Uh, so let's go take a break. Uh, let's promote our sponsor. and We'll be right back. I'm going to get me a glass of water. Thanks. Well, it's that time again. Time to pay the bills. No, I'm just kidding. I would like to introduce you to something that's been a big part of my life and I want it to be a big part of yours. If you're listening to my podcast, you probably have already tried e-fetting in some way or form. Or maybe you stepped away and retired and you're getting that itch to ride again. Or maybe you're just on the fence and this is sort of like your intro to the whole hobby. Well, if that's the case, let me direct you over to an e-fed that I think is probably one of the best that there is. EWC. The Extreme Wrestling Corporation. That's the place that's sponsoring this show. You can find them over at ewcprez.proboards.com. That's ewcprez.proboards.com. They've got a schedule for everybody. Plenty of brands to go on. If you can only write every two weeks, they got you. Once a month, I'm sure they have something for that too. If I remember correctly, there's even one that you can write once a year. Pretty much something for everybody. So go check it out and tell them X sent you. That's the EWCE Fed over at EWCPrez.ProBoards.com. Trust me, it'll be one of the best decisions you ever made in your life. All right, we're back. I uh, had to do a little bit of drinking some water to get the throat wet again. Um, this, uh, pay some bills, and also to recognize a Fed that has been promoting this show heavily. I really appreciate it. Uh, the EWC, like I said, great Fed. Go check them out. Um, and if you want me to talk about your Fed as well on here, I have no problem doing so. Feel free to drop me a dime, and we'll get you on here. If you want to be on the show, uh, hit me up. We'll get you on the show as well. As you can see, I've had some interviews in the past, and I'd love to have you. So, yeah, hit me up. All right, the most recent uh, pay-per-view for the EWC was Youngblood 2. Um, great show. Really enjoyed it. And they had six matches on the card, and everybody had been in the Fed less than a year. 
Great setup. Uh, great, great theory. So uh, we'll recognize that right now. Um, big, big fan of that layout. So let's get right to the, the matches, shall we? In the opening match of Youngblood, we had Marcus St. John versus, I'm going to screw his name up. I apologize. Karaoke. Now, I'm not familiar with Marcus St. John whatsoever. I'm not sure I'll ever have the opportunities to do so. I'm not sure if he's still around. I hope he is. I'd love to, to learn more about that character. Um, Karaoke won the, the opening match, and he established himself at the right time. So good job, Karaoke. Looking forward to hearing more about your character and seeing where you go with that. Uh, next up, we had a triple threat. And it was a triple threat match with Gabriel Ohio versus Azriel Buzzard <laughs> versus Pop Belly Frank. Um, <laughs> I got to tell you, Pop Belly Frank, that's pretty good. Give this guy an award for the name of his character. Um, I can't, I don't think that they're going to be, he's going to be around very long with a name like that. I don't know how, I, mean, I hope he is. I hope, it is not me saying the character sucks because I don't feel that way at all. I'm just usually characters that have a cool name like that don't stick around long. Um, but here's to hoping. Anyway, the winner of that match was Gabriel Ohio. And it looks like Gabriel Ohio and Azriel Buzzard both pinned Pop Belly Frank. That's interesting. They didn't pick a winner here. Huh. That's a cop out. <laughs> anyway, um, okay, so we have two winners in that match. We're going to move on. Triple threat. The next match was my boy Jamie Matthews going up against Alex Carball against Phoenix Winterborn. And I had previously predicted that Jamie Matthews would win that match. Um, and I was right. My boy is still getting it done. He's got a whole new lease on life. He's uh, riding with a different fire under his feet. Um, and I'm sorry, Jamie, I don't sound like Triple H. <laughs> but you know what? Um, I'll work on it. I'll work on it. I, you're not the only one that has, has assumed that I did as well. So, anyway, Jamie beat Phoenix Winterborn by a pinfall. Simply, I'm going to say, because Phoenix no-showed. Good old no-show. Now, I don't know if there's a reason behind it. I'm not going to trash Phoenix for it. Maybe something happened where he couldn't make it. I don't know. Um, we'll just leave it at that. I hope that it was something explainable, because if it was just a straight no-show, nothing irritates me more than inconsistent people. Moving on. Tag Team Triple Threat. S, the Southern. So we got the ST versus Wes Walker and Gabriel, Gabriel Visconti versus the Southern Express. Southern Express got the win. Pinned ST. Congratulations. I like them. Good tag team. I like that there's still a, um, a game for tag team wrestling. I, I remember when I won the tag team championships with Derek Wellings. Yeah, go figure. Derek, if you're listening, I don't know where you've been, but um, you pop up once in a while, though. It's good to see you're still around. We won the tag team championships during a time when a lot of people were doing tag teams. It was a great time for tag team. There was an emphasis on it. And it's good to see that they're still doing that sort of thing. So keep it rolling. That's cool. Then we had a fatal four-way match for the EWC International Championship. I got to say, so... Before I even get to the next two matches, when the posters came out for this pay-per-view, they had Bosa on one poster, right? And then they had Hazama, Ryo Hazama, on the other poster. Now, before the event, the 
the results came in. I got to tell you, Bosa and Hazama were the EWC's top rising stars. Um, both of them are excellent riders. Both of them are, they bring it all the time. Both of them are creating fans and they're creating haters. And that's when you know you're going somewhere because people start hating on you for your success. Um, so when this match came along, it was, it was funny and surprising at the same time to see that Bosa did not win this match. I thought he had it. I, I would okay. So I'll be honest with you. I wouldn't have picked Bosa to win this match, um, but if he had won, I wouldn't have been surprised. But the new East EWC International Champion is Darius. Uh, he pinned Eddie Dozer. Uh, I was also a fan of Eddie Dozer, <laughs> but uh, that be case, I would say um, the best man won this match. But the, all of the all of the RPs were great. It could have gone to any of them. Um, I say the best man won this match because that's what the judges feel. I, if you're asking me who I thought won, um, I'd have to read them again. I want to be fair. I'm not going to pick a winner. I would have to read them again. Um, but it could have gone any of them, and it would have been okay. Like I would have said, yeah, yeah, I could see that. So g- congratulations to Darius for becoming the new EWC international champion. Then they had a singles match for the EWC United States Champion. I like that title. Why? I won it. <laughs> it was like my stepping stone, man. Melody Malone, the girl with the with the skills in the rack. <laughs> hey, Melody, how you doing? We can't wait to get you on the show, so I'm just going to keep uh, harassing you online until it happens. So Melody Malone was taking on was taking on Ryu because. Hazama, the other guy who was on the poster, and again the poster is like the mill is like the Madden cross, the the Madden curse. Sorry, if you're on the cover of the Madden game, you always get hurt. Well, I guess if you're on the cover of the EWC poster now, there's a curse because you don't win. Neither Bosa didn't win, and Hazama didn't win, and Melody Malone became the new United States champion. Um, that was a, a great, well written match, and all the RPs were strong from both of them. I. That could another one that could have gone either way. It's a testament to the talent level in the company that it's like it could have been anybody who won those matches and you would have been like totally satisfied. You know, it wouldn't have been anybody confused as to why or how. These see these results don't look tainted or or pushed in a certain direction. Do I feel that pe- certain people get pushed too much? I don't know if you really could get pushed too much. I think that sometimes. It should be spread out a little more balanced, but I and we're talking about the EWC now. I'm not painting them in a bad light. I'm just saying I feel like we can promote everybody a little more equally, but they're really good at what they do. So take that advice that I just gave with a grain of salt. They know what they're doing over there. They're coming together quite nicely, and they're doing things that no other Fed has done. This pay per view being one of them, putting your your rookies and anybody who's been doing it less than a year is a rookie. Putting your rookies on a grand stage like this is a great idea. I think the only gray area in it is that, like I said, e-fetting is usually the same people riding new characters over and over again. So this was not really a pay-per-view of rookies. It was a pay-per-view of people who have new characters. Maybe one or two people there was new. I know for sure one of them has been doing this for less than a year, which kind of gives him the disadvantage. But 
you can't keep giving freebies to people who are new at some point when they're going to step in the water with sharks. They got to learn to defend themselves and they're going to sink and get eaten. So that's that. Great pay-per-view. If I gave this pay-per-view a rating, it's higher than the Rumble. I would I would give this pay-per-view a 9, a 9 out of 10. Very good, very satisfied, very very happy with how it was written and very satisfied with the results. There's no questions on my end. Definitely was – and the show was on time. You could tell that they had their act together for this one. So well done, UWC. Another fine pay-per-view. Um, at this time, moving forward, I would like to give a shout-out to – I noticed that some of the uh, new podcasts – I mentioned it on my last episode. There's some new podcasts that are popping up in uh, that, that fed. And we're talking more about the EWC than other feds because they sponsor me. So, um, I mean, I'm involved in that community, so I know more about them. And uh, they have some new podcasts popping up. So I suggest you guys check it out. You got Mac at Night. That's a, that's a good one. Um, and then there's uh, – well, just go check them out. Go check them out. I'm going to leave it at that. I don't know if they want me listing their podcasts on my show, so we'll just leave it at that. Go check it out. All right. So moving on. Pay-per-views are a really good time for somebody to step up, as you saw with the Youngblood pay-per-view. Um, it, it can hurt you as much as it can help you, but it's not going to hurt you in the way you think it will. A lot of writers give out everything they have because it's a pay-per-view, and rightfully so. And uh, when they lose, they think the career is over, or at least the career for the current writer they're writing. And it's not. I mean, people like me who've been in the game aren't really looking at the pay-per-view as a be-all, end-all of your career. We're looking at how you handled the, the stress, how you handled the anxiety, you were put on the stage. How did you how did you respond? Did you crank out two or three RPs that were excellent? Show us did you show us that you can rise to the top when we needed you to? That's that's really what it comes down to. Excuse me, because my nose is plugged. I'm kind of getting a flu here. It's not COVID. <laughs> so don't worry. But uh, that being said, uh, don't freak out when you lose a pay-per-view. Just keep on trucking, you'll be back. I guarantee it. I mean, it's just another show with a different name. That's all it is. So that's really all I have to talk about for this show. There wasn't a, a whole lot to, to speak about, but what I do want to get into is this Friday, The Mandalorian Season 2 begins. I'm pretty stoked about that. I don't know about you guys, but, man, I've been waiting all year for this. Are we going to see some Jedis? Is, uh, are we going to see what the, the child's home planet is? Um, that's the word. You know, The Mandalorian is going to be looking to – return the, the child back to his people they, they there was uh in the trailer they were talking about how they were going to bring the child to some space wizards and for those who don't know that's an uh old school term for jedi as you all know sasha banks is going to be in the show i know a certain someone that's going to be pretty excited about that to see that so there's just a lot to be excited about when it comes to that show so uh definitely um really hyped for that I'm a huge Mandalorian fan before the Mandalorian show. Like I'm a huge, huge, huge Boba Fett fan. So when I heard that the show was being made, I was just overjoyed. I thought it was great. And um, it hasn't let me down. I'll tell you right now, it's the best thing that's ever happened to Star Wars. Disney has taken a proverbial shit on Star Wars overall. Don't even get, I could do another podcast on that in general. But the Mandalorian definitely was money in the bank. And you could tell that it's being created by somebody who loves the the background story, loves the the whole Star Wars universe and has a respect for it. 
you need to have a respect and you need to have an understanding of it to do it correctly. So good job to Dave Filoni. Looking forward to season two, The Mandalorian airing this Friday on Disney+. Plus. Go check it out. I know I'll be there doing it. And uh, I hope nobody has RPs to turn in on Friday and they're fed on Mandalorian night. Because if you're like me, that fed that RP better get in early or it ain't going to get turned in at all. So anyway, that's all I got to say about this. My name is Jaden. I am the handler of Explode. And it's been an honor having the show with you guys today. I know there was no... Uh, controversial subjects to talk about and i think it's important not to always try to turn the the table upside down sometimes you just got to bring the news as it is sometimes you just got to report things for what they are and um remember if you're not getting you know publicity how you want it as long as you're getting publicity it's okay but don't be an asshole nobody needs to be you know needs an asshole don't trash your fellow uh, members of your Fed. And more importantly, when you leave a Fed, don't burn the bridge because I guarantee you at some point you're going to want to cross that bridge again. And that's all I got to say about that. You guys have a good time, folks. I'll talk to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye.